Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Views from the Glass. And today I am joined by Mike. How's it going today, Mike? Good, Grant. Thanks. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good, actually. Um, I got to know you um, with your younger son at the 07 level, and we started coaching him in the spring. So um, I just want to say thanks for coming on, and uh, it's been good to catch up with you here. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. No problem. So we're going to start something new tonight. Um, I want to do a quick little lightning round, five questions, one, two word answers, um, top of your head, whatever comes to you. Let's, um, first one is iPhone or Android? iPhone. Um, favorite word? Oh boy. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> favorite word. You might have to edit this one. <laughs> um, oh man. Favorite word. I'd have to say. Uh, Hunyuk. Okay. All right. Favorite <laughs> band or musician? Favorite band. I'd have to go with, oh man, that's a good one. I like five finger. Okay. All right. First vehicle you ever drove. First vehicle I ever drove was, uh, 1981 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Ooh, nice. All right, last one. If you could only keep three apps on your phone, what would they be? Three apps. Oh, boy. You guys aren't going to know these, but I would keep – I need my weather app. I need flightplan.com. And the kids have me hooked on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect. Thanks. Okay, hold on. Favorite word again? Hunyuk? Hunyuk, yeah. What 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 does that mean? Hunyuk. It's what my grand my grandpa used to call us hunyucks. Like if we were messing around, we were a bunch of hunyucks. Okay, all right, okay. And uh, for you guys that don't know, Mike is a pilot. That's why he needed the flight app. All right. Now that we know a little more about you, let's dive into some questions here. Um, how many kids do you have that um currently play hockey right now? Currently, I have the two boys, Michael's the 05 and Sam in 07. Okay. Um, and uh, how, did the, how did your boys get involved? Well, that's a funny story. Uh, you, know, Sam, you know Sam as well as I do. Um, he's always yeah. been kind of that go-getter. And uh, Michael is always fearless. So when the Y opened that rink in Oshkosh, we thought, well, let's take him out. Cause I used to, I grew up skating and I skated with Matt Carey and you know, I, I skated up through my early years in high school and then had an injury that kind of took me down a different path. So we thought, let's take the kids out, get, get them in some skating lessons just to see if they even liked it. Yeah. Well, that went nowhere. Sam refused to get on the ice. Michael got out there, but he was more interested in counting the pucks that were stuck in the ceiling than actually trying to learn to skate. <laughs> So that, I think we signed up for eight lessons. I think we got two in and we both figured this isn't going to work. So I think uh, we waited about a year and I was actually up in Quebec city on work and uh, the peewee invitational was going on up there in Quebec city. And lo and behold, about, I think I got up Saturday morning and two hours after I got up, I get a text from my wife with a picture of the boys in uh, hockey equipment on the ice of uh, the rink in, in Oshkosh. And Matt Carey had started that try hockey for free. 
he'd come back okay. and, you know, he had a son that was between Michael and Sam. His wife called Lisa up and said, hey, let's try hockey for free day. Do you want to come out and try it? Well, for whatever reason, the second we put those pads and gave those kids a stick, they were hooked. And from then on, it's been, what heck, that's been eight, nine years. And here we are today, still trudging along. That's, that's awesome. That's great. You know, yeah. like, you know, I gave her another go around and they, they loved it. And now they're hooked. I love it. Yeah. We put a weapon in their hand. I think they were all, <laughs> they were all for it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, um, besides hockey, what other sports do uh, your boys play? Uh, well, Sam, as you, again, like, you know, Sam has always been exceptionally large for his age. Mm-hmm. So he's tried every sport known to man, but he couldn't carry the football because of his size. He couldn't play lacrosse. He tried soccer. He was just mowing people over. So, uh, you know, he's tried them all, but right now his focus is hockey. And they're just now getting into golf. Okay. Um, Michael, Michael was playing baseball. He was a pretty good pitcher up until he broke his wrist in the tournament in Minnesota. And he gave up a, a season and he kind of hung it up from there. So really hockey and golf right now. All right. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of what hockey players do. You know, they play hockey and they play golf. In the off season, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, don't, I don't know if I take lessons from Blick, though. If Blick ever tells you, like, he'll give the boys lessons in golf, uh, I just stick to hockey with Blick. Well, yeah, I've, I've heard. I in <laughs> The stuff those kids come home with after skate with Blick, I've, I've learned. About <laughs> oh, 10% of it's truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what are some of uh, the organizations that uh, you guys have been a part of over the years? Uh, well, bo- the boys started out with Oshkosh. Um, Michael was there two years and then went on to the Gamblers for two and then went to the Admirals for a year. And now he's back with the Gamblers. Uh, Sam was with the Oshkosh program for three years, went to the Gamblers for two, and then went down to the ads for one, and now he's playing Arrowhead in Team Wisconsin. And then they do Hockey Factory in the spring. Okay. And they played for the Hornets. They played for Victors. They played with a bunch of different teams. Seeing different aspects of the game. And you guys moved down to Milwaukee area, right, from Oshkosh? Yeah, you know, we moved down here. Uh, I was offered a position down in Chicago, and they wanted me within two hours of Midway Airport. So okay. Lisa thought, now's the time to make the, make the jump. And I think had we known what we know now, I, the move's been good, but I think we would have probably stayed in Oshkosh and still taken the route we've taken with the boys. But, uh, yeah, now we're down here in Milwaukee commuting to Green Bay. Or Appleton, excuse me. Now we're commuting mm-hmm. to Appleton, not Green Bay for Michael. And Sam's commuting to Fond du Lac, so we're back at it. Yeah. I just wanted to let people know, like, why you're like, gosh, gosh, then to Arrowhead. I just wanted to put that connection in there. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And then um, who is one coach that has gotten the most out of your boys through the years? Boy, you know – I had, there's a, there's a bunch of guys. I was fortunate enough or the boys were fortunate enough. I gave up skating. <laughs> Funny story. I went to college in lacrosse. I took all my hockey equipment thing. I just play club up there or just bang around. Well, someone stole all my hockey equipment. So, you know, being a poor college kid, that was it for me. Um, so when we came back, I hadn't skated in 20 years. And like I said, Matt Carey was here 
So, uh, you know, I trusted Matt and I knew Matt knew what he was doing. So Matt kind of groomed the boys early on and gave them a good foundation. So to start, it was Matt. And I kind of leaned on Matt a lot to make sure those kids got what they needed and were, and Matt's a big skill guy. You know, it was a lot of skill development, edge work early on. And then I, I t- t- and I, I cannot remember how this happened, but somehow we ended up coming on. I don't know if we did one of the, the hockey factory spring camps. And then we ventured on into uh, the hockey factory world. And Ryan really took a shine to Sam. I think for some reason, I don't know if Ryan made it fun for Sam. You know, I don't know. Were you there the first, first year that Sam was there? When he had, when he was pink pants. Um, yeah, I think we were doing day, yeah, day camps there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think Ryan, Ryan has had a big impact on Sam too. Um, you know, those are probably the two biggest coaches for Sam. Um, and I have to say, Ryan's done a great job with Michael too. I, for whatever reason, whether he likes Michael just said to me yesterday, he says, you know, Sam, I think Blick likes you so much. He would probably cut a kid if you told him to just to keep you happy. It's that's just the kind of relationship he's had with the kids. Um, but you know, Michael's had a lot of great coaches over the years. Oh, you know, another good one for the kids and Ryan will probably kill me for saying this, but were you there the second year of hockey factory? Were you part of that second year? When Mikhail and Kron mm-hmm. came down? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did. Yeah. They ran the selects in August. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of, they want to, they, they went a different direction and Blick had to cut Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, that, that brought Sam to another chapter in his hockey career. And he ended up meeting AJ Aiken. Okay. John Schubert actually said, Hey, cause I think that's when John was living up in green Bay and he knew that Sam didn't, I don't know if Teddy made that hockey factory team or not either, but, uh, John's like, Hey, why don't you come up and try out for the Hornets? You know, AJ is a great guy. And I really, I heard, I've heard of AJ, but I didn't know who he was. And AJ was another guy that really, really did good things for Sam. I think he re- hit the reset button on Sam and put Sam in a good place. So, you know, but, uh, and then for Michael, like I said, it's been Matt. Matt's done a great job. Ryan. And I think uh, his current coach with the Gamblers has been awesome for him too. You know, he's finally has a defensive, a coach that played defense that's actually been able to teach Michael how to play defense. So, you know, that's probably, those are the guys that have really had the biggest impact on their, uh, their hockey that's awesome. Like, you know, we are lucky in this, the section of Wisconsin that we live in, there's a lot of great hockey coaches and minds for these kids to uh, learn from. So it's, it's, it is a great resource and, you know, I'm glad that your boys have taken advantage of it. Yeah. Well, and you know, like for us, Fond du Lac was always one of those, cause Michael, Michael was a late bloomer. You know, Sam's got two extra years on Michael. So Michael was always a little behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when the, the junior bears are going on, Michael wouldn't make that team. So Fond du Lac was always kind of out of our, our arena. You know, we'd head North to look for spring teams or whatever we do. But then, you know, when I finally came down and got to know you guys, you know, Ryan has been with even Billy Senegal. I mean, for people that don't know Billy, you talk about a resource, what he's done for Michael and even Sam. I mean, he takes the time. He goes out of his way to have a little video chat with Michael and go over break down some of Michael's video. I mean, no one asks him to do that. He offers it. And for people that don't understand what Fond du Lac has to offer, it's, it's, like I said, I think it's a, it's a, an amazing resource. 
So, absolutely. Um, now you've you've touched on it that you have two boys. How do you that have that both play tier one AAA? Like, how do you guys balance that travel between you and your wife? Like, well, um, you know, like they say, it takes a village. We've been fortunate, you know, and I, I have to laugh when we lived in Oshkosh and I complain about the commute to Green Bay when we had to practice at Brown County or mm-hmm. the Resh. And it was a four, you know, 35 to 40 minute drive, depending on who was driving. And I thought, man, that's hell. That's hard. And we had four families from Oshkosh. We'd commute. We'd, we mm-hmm. just, we'd alternate weeks. Made it, made it doable. Absolutely. Um, you know, and then, then we moved down here and we moved to New Berlin when we originally moved to Milwaukee and we were 15 minutes from the Pettit. And we had, we had Mateo Nunig in our neighborhood. So we, we could ride share with them again. That was easy. Well, then we moved out here to Heartland and Sam's literally, he could walk to the mullet for his practice. But Michael now we're driving an hour and 15 minutes to Appleton. And we, luckily we have a couple families from the area that go up that way. Okay. So, you know, we're just kind of, we help each other out. But, uh, you know, with my job, Lisa's, Lisa's taken most of the burden. We, well, to give you an example, we bought a, we bought a suburb, uh, Yukon yeah. last April. It just turned 37,000 miles <laughs> in just over a year. Yeah. So, but, hey, they're all highway miles. Yeah, right. They're good miles. So yeah. it's good for another 150. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah you're fine. <laughs> you haven't even broken in yet. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. So yeah, we, we've, we've made it work. We, you know, you know how it is. Families stick together. We help each other out. So, but Lisa, she's, she took off this year and it's been a juggling act, but uh, we've made it work. Yeah, that's great. That's, you know, something like in the hockey community, I'm sure they do in other sports, but, but you know, if you, if you're, you know, if you got to work, there's always a parent that I'd be like, ah, I'll grab your son or daughter. No big deal. You know, like there's always someone willing to, to take your kids like and that's what's great about hockey and i'm sure that's in other sports but i noticed a lot in hockey so I, that's what i love about it yeah well and for us you know sam and then back, um oh, go ahead. no no go ahead no i was gonna say you know sam for sam going back to association this year to play at arrowhead why he played for team wisconsin i had to laugh because it, it puts it in perspective for us people would complain about having to drive to madison for a game two games on saturday and i'm thinking to myself we're driving to Detroit on a Friday night to play three or four games and drive home on Sunday night, you know, seven, eight hour drive. So it's all relative. Yeah, absolutely. So. And how big um, is communication for you with the coach? You know, um, it's funny. It's, it's, I, when I read that question, it's kind of funny. The light bulb went off with me last year with Michael's coach with the, with the gamblers. Um, and I think that leads into your, your part of that question also is um, there was an email sent out to the team that we were going out to Pittsburgh for the uh, USHL uh, showcase. And he sent out, he said, Hey, I'll be available to, to sit down with whoever wants to discuss how the season or how you feel the season's going or if you want any insight on my thoughts. So I've been so used to the coaches, including the parents. I thought that was just part of the process. So for me, I've always liked communication. I I just like to know where my kids are lacking. So if I'm going to go out and seek help elsewhere, 
what do they need to work on? So, you know, I don't need a pat on the back. I don't need to know how they're doing daily, but if, if they're lacking in stick handling or their skating ability or whatever it is, that kind of stuff I'd like to know. Um, but I don't need to talk to the coaches, especially at the age they are now. Um, but back to Michael's coach, I, we got out there late and I saw him in the hallway and he kind of just blew me off. And I was like, that's strange. He sent out this email while I got to talking to the assistant coach. She says, no, that's for the kids. He, these kids, these boys are becoming young men. They need to start to stand up for themselves and they need to start asking these questions. They need to learn how to fend for themselves. And you know, to me, uh, not only being, uh, obviously, you know who I'm talking about. I mean, he's got the, the credentials to back up everything he does on the ice, but he's also teaching these kids how to be young men, you know? And, and I think that goes a long way. It's funny. I, I'm, I'm sure you hear this a lot, but I'll tell these kids, I'll just give them little tips on the way home. And I could say it a hundred times and it never sinks in. And if a coach, whether it be Ryan, whether it be you, they could say the exact same thing and all of a sudden light bulb goes off. So, yeah, you know, for me, communication, I, I just like to know how the kids are doing. And for, and I, I don't need the good, I, I like to hear the good, but if they see something, if they start to be disrespectful or if they see their, their focus or their attention, what, whatever, whatever it may be, that kind of stuff I like to know. But again, I've gotten to the point now, especially with Michael, where I drop him off. I like to watch him practice just to see how he's doing, but it's on him. So. Yeah. I, I think that's like a good point you made is like that coach, like, you know, you, yeah, you want the best kids as hockey players, but you're also teaching them to be young men because some does end, but being a human being doesn't end. So that's, that's awesome. And he's putting a little onus on those kids as well. So it's great. But I mean, when there's squirts, I think there needs to be more involvement yeah. with the parent coach. Well, yeah, you know how I, you know, um, and that's funny you bring that up. I, uh, I've, I don't mind the parent coach, you know, like I said, Matt was a parent coach and he took, he took the parent to the other end of the spectrum. You know, he was, he was hard on Ben and expected Ben, Ben didn't get by with anything. Ben, Ben had to produce. Ben had to follow the, follow the rules and it was, or else he sat. It was just the way it was. But uh, Sam was fortunate enough, you know, he, he had, he made, luckily he, he made Team Wisconsin last year, which was, was huge for Sam. It was a turning point for him. But then his coach at Arrowhead, um, his, his message was consistent from day one to the last day of the season. He says, my job is to make sure these are, they're, they're good human beings. And if they end up being good hockey players, that's a bonus. And the message was always consistent. You know, what was good for one was good for the other. It wasn't a double standard. So I think Sam finally, Sam came out of that season a, a, a different kid. Now, you haven't seen him since, but you know, yeah. you know what Sam was like. He's, uh, he's matured a lot. Let's just say that. And I think he's learned – He's learned a valuable, he's learned some valuable lessons this last year. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, in today's culture of youth sports, you know, the phrase gets thrown out there, win at all costs. Um, what is your stance on that? Well, 
in this house, we live by do as I say, not as I do. Okay. I, we, we compete at everything. I mean, if Lisa and I are leaving the grocery store at the same time, we race home. I mean, it's, it is when at all costs, but <laughs> for the kids, you know, it's more, and that's a good question uh, because at this age, and my kids have learned this on their own. I don't know if it's just they figured it out on their own, but it's, it's not, there is, there's a price for winning, you know, like Michael, Michael's as big as Sam and Michael, his first season, he broke two kids collarbones and it wasn't intentional. It wasn't vicious, but he learned, you know, I don't need to play physical and he would rather not take somebody out and lose a game than hurt somebody. You know, he felt, he actually, he felt horrible. I mean, he didn't, he, it took him a good six weeks before he even had body contact with anybody. So, you know, I don't think when it all costs is necessarily the name of the game anymore. You know, these kids, the way they develop anymore and, and the game has changed so much since I played, um, you know, yeah, we don't, we don't teach when it all costs, you know, I, mm -hmm. that's, Kind of where we are with that. So yeah, just just some good health, competition. Yeah, yeah, right. You broke up there a little bit, but yeah. What was that you said? Good healthy competition. Yeah, yeah, just healthy competition. Yeah, yeah. Now. All right, uh, switching topics a little bit. Um, let's talk about you. How are you in the stands? Well, first of all, the only time I'm in the stands is when I'm walking down to the down to the ice and sitting in the corner away from everybody. I don't do the stands. Um, and <laughs> I learned a long time ago, actually from Matt's dad, he, he always sat in the corner. I always wonder why he sat in the corner. And I soon learned, I was down at a, the Chi-Town Shuffle, one of the first years Sam played for the hockey factory. And I had never been exposed to the mentality of the parents down there and and it was I, mean, I I like I said I were competitive but it was it actually startled me when I was seeing parents getting kicked out of the stands referee stopping games at an 07 I mean these kids were what 10 years old 10 9 and parents yeah. getting kicked out of the games so I will literally and I, there's a couple dads and I that we stick together but we find a corner and we stand three abreast and if someone comes over by us that we don't know, we find another corner. Uh, we just keep moving around until there's no one around us. Cause I, I avoid that at all costs. So yes. you know. that, that is how, that is how I watch a game as well. When I watch a game, like I cannot be in the stands. It's the best, you know, and my kids, my, the only thing I ever do for my kids. So they know I'm there. Cause sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm not there at the beginning of the game or I'm jumping between Sam's game and Michael's game but I'll tap my ring on the glass so they know I'm there. That's the only thing I do. I might, you know, with the other dads, we'll, we'll piss and moan about how our kids screwed up or they did this or they did that. But, uh, you know, I, I've learned in the last six, seven years, I've tempered my, my emotions and I just, I keep my mouth shut because I've had a few heated exchanges and uh, it, never, it never ends well. Yeah, and absolutely. You're embarrassing, you're embarrassing your kid. Yeah, I mean, it, <clears throat> talking to people, you know, to parents about this, and like you said, like, you don't sit in the stands and, like, 
I try not to sit in the stands either. And I don't even have a kid in the game, in a game. I'm just, you know, there to watch and like the games I do sit in the stands and like, I just can't stand it. So I just try to find somewhere on a glass to watch. But I, I do understand that, you know, as parents, you, you have invested a lot of time and money into this sport and, you know, you do get heated because, you know, you are competitive, but like you said, there's no, there's no positive out of doing that. No, no, you know, and I, I've, I've watched parents. I, and I, I, I'm always proud of the teams my kids play for, but I have mm-hmm. another thing I've learned is I never wear team colors yeah. for, for, you know, my, my, my kids say they think I'm a scout cause I wear a black hat, black jacket, and I just sit there and I don't, I don't <laughs> say anything. So, you know, it's, I've watched it happen at numerous tournaments where people that aren't even part of the, it could be from another age group, they get out in the parking lot, they're drinking beer or they're, they're heated about a, a loss and it turns into something because of the colors you're wearing. It's <laughs> almost like the Bloods and the Crips. It's, it's ridiculous. So, you know, we just, we, the, the, the dads that I hang out with, we just kind of, we walk in, we walk out, no emotion. You know, we cheer when the kids score, yeah. but, uh, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, you say we put a lot of, we put a lot of time and money into these kids. And for me, and, and it's taken me a while and I've had to, my wife has had to talk me off the ledge, but to see the relationships they form with their teammates. And uh, so with the boys, Michael's got kids from Minnesota. He's got kids from the UP. I mean, he doesn't have anybody in his school that he goes to school with, but those kids can, can they, what, you know what it's like. And I guess unless you play the sport, the bond you form with these guys, I mean, there's guys that I played with probably back in my Bantam years. If they call me up and need something, I'd still, I'd still help them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, so, uh, you know, back to your question about when it all costs to me, it was more about, and again, I, I've had to teach myself this or relearn the relationships that they formed and the friends and the bonds they have now, you know, that's to me, that's what's worth. It's all worth it right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just touches back on earlier, <clears throat> you know, what you said about the one coaches, you know, you're, they're not just teaching hockey, you're teaching, you know, boys to be men and, and, you know, hockey does that. You get long life friendships out of it and you learn a lot of life lessons through the game. So yeah, yeah. that's, you know, that's what you're, your time and money is also going to as well. Yeah. And then, um, I know you touched on it a little bit in that last question, but what's like the craziest thing you've seen in, in the stands from a parent? Uh, well, boy, I've seen a lot of crazy things. Um, and I wasn't there this year. I saw it on live barn. Sam was up playing at a tournament in new Richmond and one, one of the coaches on the other team, we were, I think we were handling that team pretty well. And uh, that team hadn't been used to getting beat like they were. And the coach started to spout off at the ref. The ref stopped the game and warned him once, continued on. I think we scored another goal, goal or two and stopped the game and went to eject the coach out of the game and the coach whipped his whiteboard at the ref and literally missed his head by an inch. And it was, it was, it that was probably the craziest thing I've seen from a coach. Uh, you know, parents, 
I see dads just going absolutely ballistic in the game. The refs have to stop the game and yell at them to get out of the, out of the, uh, out of the rink. And I've seen a few guys start to push and shove, but uh, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's probably the worst I've seen. Yeah. Like I, like I've said it before on here is like, when you do that, like, a scene like that your kid probably either is not playing the game or because he is very embarrassed of what his dad or mom had just done like you're not helping your son or daughter at all I feel like in that situation no no I mean yeah that you might as well chalk that up to yeah that that game's over I and I feel sorry for those kids I've watched you know you've been at these tournaments at the show I don't know how many times I'd be out in the parking lot and I'd see a, a dad just berating his kid out in the parking lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. at, 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 at what cost? I, you know, and I'm hard on my kids, you know, that we've had some conversations and, you know, I, I realize it's probably, they, kids know what they screwed up on, mm -hmm. you know? So I've, I've slowly learned to ask them how they feel they did. And then my response is, is uh, predicated on how they answer that question. And there's no reason to beat a dead horse, you know. If yeah. they win, lose, or draw, you know, if they had fun, and I hate to say that because that's such a cliche, you know, yeah. it's about having fun. I mean, we're not playing at this – at any – hockey's a competitive sport. I don't care if it's, this, if it's a, the cross ice or if you're playing U16, AAA. You're, it's still – you're keeping score for a reason, right? Everyone mm -hmm. wants to win, but – you know, there's, there's, to, to, to put that kind of pressure on these kids, it's, to me is, it's, it's not right. I, uh, you know, there's enough pressure with these kids. I don't know. How long has it been since you graduated? Oh, 13 years. Okay. So the game, games changed even since you graduated. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, these kids now they're on the ice I mean, school's gotten harder. The hockey, they're on the ice. You know, for Michael, uh, he could potentially be on the ice five, six days a week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for us, we were still kids when I was growing up. You know, we still had fun. And we, we, we had practiced twice a week. And we were normal kids. These kids aren't kids anymore. Yeah. You know, between the studies and for us, commuting an hour, hour and a half one way, they're doing homework in the car. So I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, you asked me a question. What was it? It was, uh, what's the worst thing you've seen in a opposing oh, parent doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like I said, the kids have enough pressure to add that to their, to, to them. And, and uh, yeah, that's kind of where I was going with that. There, there's, they already know what they've done wrong. If they've done anything wrong. Yeah. You're gonna have to edit and yeah, that, 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 that's a great answer. I mean, and you, you went really deep in it, but it, you, you brought it all back together. Like, yeah, they don't, they don't, they know what they did wrong. Like they don't need dad or mom in the, the car on the way home or in the parking lot to give them a 20 minute lecture. Like they played the game. Like they know what they did right and wrong. I mean, we all sit in the locker room after a game and are like, yeah, uh, second period, about four <laughs> minutes left. Yeah. I, um, yeah. That, that was my turnover. Um, yeah. That goal. Yeah. partially on me yeah like i don't need dad to tell me that in the car like i, I got it like yeah and, you know and my coach probably let me know too a little bit you know like i, I get it like yeah like 
And every so, and all this teammates. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Twenty. Yeah, I mean, not not beneficial. I'm trying to forget about it and move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, and you know, in in with the brothers, they let each other know too if they get to watch each other's games. Sam's the first to let Michael know what he did wrong. So Sam, Michael's got his own critic. Yeah, that's probably enough right there just between the two of them you probably you and lisa probably don't need to do much because they'll take care of it for you guys yes it 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 equals itself out for sure so all right i got one last question for you mike um what are the best memories so far with your boys and playing hockey well you know i've heard a lot of guys say there there's there's so many, you know, driving home on a Sunday night from Michigan or Minnesota in a blizzard, you know, just, you know, that kind of, those memories and seeing the boys talk about their games. But I think one of the best memories that I have with the boys, and it was kind of a unique situation, the boys actually, and we were playing for the ads at the time, they both were actually playing in the same showcase. So we were allowed to go over together, which was very rare because rarely did they ever play in the same same town the same weekend so we uh lisa wanted to come come over but she had to teach so she couldn't leave until later on friday so the boys i thought oh for fun let's just take the jet ferry over from milwaukee to luddington so you know me being the planner i am called over got the rental car uh had everything set up we get on the uh get down to the port here in milwaukee get on the ferry Hockey, you know, all of our ba- their their gear, and they're all in their admiral's gear. And uh, we rode over, and it was it was awesome. The weather was perfect. Well, we get to Luddington, and I'd only been to Luddington one other time in my life, and I forgot how remote Luddington is. And it was it was after the tourist season. It was late in October, so it was getting towards the end of the season. The rental car I had set up, though they didn't tell me that they didn't deliver to the port. It was like 15 miles away. <laughs> so, and then you think you could find an Uber or a Lyft or a taxi. <laughs> I think it was like an hour away. There was one taxi in the entire town. So here, here I am with Michael, Sam, their hockey bags, their hockey sticks, and our, all of our weekend bags. And we, we can't walk 15 miles. And this sweet old man pulled up. He's like, you guys hockey players? You know, he was kind of being funny about it. And the boys, unbeknownst to me, because I was in t- inside trying to figure out how I'm going to get get us to the rental car. Uh, so he talked to the boys, and he offered to give us a ride down to the to the rental car place, which is 15 miles out of his way. To this day, I still text that man and <laughs> ask him. How he's doing. He was like, "Well, he had a son that played in Kalamazoo." And his son was probably my age by now, and had he was talking about his grandkids playing hockey. But my kids have never – he looked like Santa, and my kids <laughs> have never forgot him. I mean, they still talk about him. When we're over in Michigan, they ask how he's doing. Yeah, so that was probably – because, you know, it's like you say, the hockey community, if, if, if you're a hockey player and you haven't played the game in 50 years, there's just a bond. There's a connection you have with anybody else that's pl- that plays the game. And for him to go out of his way like that, it was just – it was amazing because I we were, I was just envisioning us walking 15 miles down the road <laughs> with hockey bags in tow, trying to get to our rental car. Yeah, so. 
Well, I mean, at least the boys' legs would have been loose and uh, ready to go. Like. Right. Yeah, they weren't too happy about that situation, and either was I. I had a, I had a, I had a come to Jesus meeting there with myself. Oh, oh that that is good. Like, like <clears throat> you know, you talk about all the memories you could you could have, and like that is one like you and the boys will never forget. Like, and you know, it wasn't a game or a practice. It was you know just the experience and the. Tr- to get so did you take you went from milwaukee to ludington you said yep yep okay because i've done the what is it manitowoc yes that's the ludington yeah we did the milwaukee ferry yeah okay yeah i've done the the bad the ss badger yes across the ludington yeah i did that as a kid but yeah this one the kids wanted to take the jet ferry because it was faster yeah, so, yeah, it was, it was, that was, that was probably one of the best times we've had together. It's, Cause like I said, very rarely are we together as a family. Elise is going one direction. I'm going another. And poor Ella, she decides, and usually she wants to go with her mom, but uh, you know, Ella's just kind of left to, to be the little rink rat. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So. Well, Mike, I appreciate this and uh, thanks for uh, taking your time and uh, wish the boys well. This upcoming season oh i appreciate it man. yeah we'll see you around when are you going to be back at the rink um i don't know i'm going to try to get to a couple skates this summer if i can make it work with work so yeah hopefully i can see the boys and see you yeah yeah well we'll be around i appreciate i appreciate you uh asking me to do this no problem appreciate for doing it it was good All good right, to man. catch up with you as well for sure well you have a good night you too appreciate it